0: Good morning, good morning, and welcome to God's Little Hummingbird, the podcast where we read through the Bible. We go through each chapter of scripture using the original language as a guide. I'm so happy you're joining us. Please like and subscribe to these podcasts. Please share them with your friends. Get the word out there, especially in these trying times. People need to know God's word. And follow us on our Facebook page. Please go over there to join our Facebook page at God's Little Hummingbird. So we're in chapter 28 of Genesis today and we are reading from the New King James Version Bible. And we you can find that Bible online for free at Bible Hub or on Blue Letter Bible if you don't have it. And I choose that that translation because it is one of the closer translations. The New American Standard Version and this one are two of the best of the English translations. Because remember, they're just translations, which is why also right here beside me at all times, I have the Hebrew Bible, so it does help. But I do want to start <clears throat> and begin reading, and I do pray that God opens our eyes, ears, and hearts to understand his truth. So we've gotten through chapters 27. We're on verse chapter 28, verse 1. Then Isaac called Jacob. Now remember, this would actually be then Yisrach called Yahovah. Or laughter called supplanter. (laughs) It's kind of interesting to think, huh? Those names actually had translations. And blessed him, and charged him, or commanded him, and said to him, You shall not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. Arise, go to Padan Aram, to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father, and take yourself a wife from there of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. So Laban, or Laban, means white probably refers to the color of his skin. He definitely does not have a white character, as we're going to find out. But notice they married within families. They were to keep things in families. There is a stigma in modern culture that you can't marry your cousins and whatnot. But Scripture does not say that, and God is the ultimate authority. And so they actually, well, we're told to marry you know, Israelites, believers, or to remarry believers. We understand that concept. But here he was actually going to go marry his cousin or look for a wife from his cousin. So may God Almighty bless you. That's the word El Shaddai. So God, God's usually God is God's plural Elohim. Here it's El Almighty Shaddai. May God may El Shaddai bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you that you may be an assembly of peoples. So that word assembly, there's kahal which is often translated as church. It's the same word that typically in the Greek they use the word ecclesia. And in the New Testament, that's what's translated as church. In the Old Testament, it's the same word often used where they use the word kahal. Not always. Sometimes there is a different Greek word used there, but but it often this word does in Hebrew mean church. And give you the blessing of Abraham to you and your descendants with you that you may inherit the land in which you are a stranger, which God gave to Abraham. So that's the promised land. So it's the land of his so... Literally, it says the land of your sojournings. So it's the land he's traveling around in, right? They don't own this yet. They were given the promise. Abraham was given the promise that his descendants would inhabit this land and inherit it. But, it, but we also know that it doesn't actually happen yet, right? We know it doesn't happen yet. The Jacob has to have his 12 sons, then Joseph has to get sold to Egypt, we have to have the 430 years in the land of Egypt, and then God, God calls his children out. So just because God gives a prophecy and you don't see it come to pass, doesn't mean it's not going to come to pass. Remember that. It doesn't always happen, and very often doesn't happen in your lifetime, it's to future generations. So, little side note. Verse 5. So Isaac sent Jacob away, and he went to Padan Aram to Laban, the son of Bethuel, the Syrian, the brother of Rebekah, Rivcha the mother of Jacob and Esau. Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him away to Badan Aram to take himself a wife from there, and that as he blessed him, he gave him a charge, saying, you shall not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan, and that Jacob had obeyed his father and mother and had gone to Badan Aram. Also, Esau saw that the daughters of Canaan did not please his father Isaac, because remember, he had taken wives from the daughters of Canaan, and they were a heartache, a grief to Rebekah and Isaac. And so here he is trying to earn his father's approval and doing what's right, which is good. It just needs to come from his heart. He needs to do what's right from its heart. But interesting, so Esau went to Ishmael. Remember, that was Abraham's son that was cast out and not, did not receive the blessing in the promise. But Esau went to Ishmael and took Mahalath, the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, the sister of Nebuchadnezzar, to be his wife, in addition to the wives he had. So he's trying to earn back favor. I don't know if it's because he lost the birthright or, or what's going on, but there was obviously this envying of jelly, jealousy. He would see what to do, but he would do it from almost like a devious heart, it seems. It's just just for approval, maybe. Verse 10. Now, Jacob point out from Beersheba, or Beersheba, the, the um the well of the covenant, remember that's what that means, and went towards Haran. Now Haran means like mountaineer, like where the mountain is. And remember, Haran is also where Abraham had dwelt before. So he he came to a certain place and stayed there all night, and because the sun had set, and he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head, and he lay down in that place to sleep boy, we have great comforts today. Interesting though, because the stone often symbolizes Yeshua or Yahweh himself, because God says, I am the rock. So I think this is interesting. He lays his head on a rock. Not that it's comfortable, but I do think it's prophetic because then he dreamed and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth and its top reached to heaven where the angels or the messengers of Elohim or God were descending and ascending and descending on it. And behold, Yahweh stood above it and said, I am Yahweh Elohim of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and the east, to the north and the south, and in you and in your seed, or your sperm, literally Zerah, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So here's a prophecy coming to pass. Notice the latter. Ladders often symbolize a narrow path. And the path from the earth to heaven, notice, is very narrow. It's a ladder. Ladder. You can't take much up with you. You can't take a whole bunch of garbage or baggage with you. And it was... This was like... It's interesting that this land, this place, was the point where God was going to interact with his people. And notice, this is exactly where Yeshua came, in Israel, right? This is the land of Israel. And and this is where... God does meet his people this is where he puts his people this is where he puts his put his temple his second temple and his third temple will be there his tabernacle was there and so it's kind of like this this is the opening to heaven this is the place which I communicate with you humans through right here now his spirit dwells all over the earth but interesting this is the place where the heavens open up and there's a there's a connection between the earth and the heaven it's right there verse 14 when it talks about his descendants spreading abroad, if you only understood, I have a feeling if many of you listening to this would just take a genealogy test, take one of those swabs and get it cultured, you are going to have roots to the Middle East and particularly to Israel because many of you probably are some of the scattered northern tribes of Israel and even some of Judah, Benjamin, and Levi who got scattered, but his seed, his Zerah, his sperm was going to be so numerous you can't even count them. It's amazing, and this promise is coming true. It has come true, and we're everywhere, God's children, not just spiritually, but physically. Also, he gets, he, all seeds will be blessed to him. Again, that's the prophecy of the Messiah, because anybody who turns to the Messiah is blessed, okay? Verse 15, behold, I am with you and will keep you, or like basically protect you, watch over you, wherever you go, and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Thank God he doesn't change his mind or break his word. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely Yahweh is in this place. And I did not know it. Now remember, when your Bible has capital L-O-R-D, all letters all letters capitalized, or G-O-D, all capitalized, it is the sacred name yod hevav vav Yahweh. Some people say other things like Yehoah, Yehoah. They say all sorts of things, but what I've always understood it to be, and from where I've been led, it's Yahweh. Now... <laughs> Sorry, again, I have the phlegm. <laughs> um, if you see capital L, little O, little R, little D, it's the word Adonai, which means sovereign or Lord. And when you see capital G, little O, little D, it's the word Elohim, which is God's. El or Elohim, it's God or God's. Verse 17, and he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God, the El, Bethel. And this is the gate of heaven. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put at his head, set it up as a pillar, and poured oil on top of it. Now, oil is often symbolic of the Holy Spirit, can also be symbolic of the fruits, uh, I mean, the, the fat things of the land, the blessings, but, and the anointing oil. So here he pours oil on it as this picture of holiness, I believe, set-apartness. This is a sacred... (laughs) He thought he kind of thought that rock was sacred. I think it was symbolic of Yeshua. I think it was symbolic of the Word of God, his head being on the rock, and he was hearing from the rock, his head. I mean, if that makes sense. Verse 19, and he called the name of that place Bethel, house of God. House is Beth, El is God. But the name of that city had been Luz previously, then Jacob made a vow saying, If Elohim will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then Yahweh shall be my Elohim. Now, I don't know that Jacob had the purest heart in saying that because I would think you should serve him anyway. However, that is what he said, and God does fulfill his promise, and Yahweh is his God. And this stone, which I have set as a pillar, shall be, shall be Elohim's house house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give you a, give a tenth to you. And that's a good principle. And notice, the, the tithe, well, as we get farther in Scripture, is always to the Levite, the widow, and the orphan then. But a tenth of everything God gives us is a good starting point to just, to just give. But there's also a Scripture here in the Torah that talks about you open your hand as wide as you open your hand wide and your brother takes to meet his need. Now, this isn't a want. I hear a lot of people claim this acts to, Oh, we all need to give, give, give. But, and those are usually people who don't have anything and they want to take. I am definitely for sharing with people. But we need to share and all work together too, right? Everybody needs to contribute and take in proportion to the need. And so we need to, yes, If our brother falls into debt or has a need, we open our hand wide and it can be more than a tenth that they take. And you don't worry because it says God will repay. But it's a good principle to set aside a tenth of everything you have and give it to God for his purpose and let his Holy Spirit guide you. Um, Sometimes he may lead you to help the person in the supermarket behind you, or maybe it's a neighbor, or maybe it's buying Bibles to pass out. Either way, let him lead you. Since we don't have the temple now, Where technically our tithes are to go because the tithes would typically be of the produce of your land and of the animals. That's an actual tithe. But the 10th, the 10th, you can give anything to God as a 10th. If he gives you your your money, I think set aside a a 10th of that and honor him with that. If he gives you, who knows, you know, if he could give you so many blessings, and, and then just make sure to honor him, I think is the main point. Give to him first and let him lead you and how to use that to build his kingdom and his glory. So a short little chapter, really fun to read through the Bible together. I hope you're enjoying it. Please join us again. Please like and subscribe to this. Please share this podcast and please follow us on our Facebook page. Love you all. Have a super blessed day. And this happens to be the Sabbath. It's Saturday that I'm recording. So I think it's on March 28th. I need to look at my calendar more. But anyway, may God bless you and protect you and keep you all safe during this COVID virus. And may all of our hearts turn back to Father God and may we be refined for his glory and his kingdom. So I pray you get out there and have a super blessed day today.